Hey everybody, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. This is Casey McLean. Uh, this episode features Greg Beechler. Greg is a good friend of mine. He's a comedian. We were driving to a gig in Washougal, Washington. It was actually, it turned out to be a really fun gig, but when we arrived, it was like, oh, fuck. This has all the makings of a bad gig. It's like a very rednecky place, but it was so fun. Fun for both of us. Uh, we So Greg and I were going down there. We were supposed to ride with the MC or drive with. He was going to ride in my car. The MC, who's past podcast guest, uh, Kevin Eggleston. And Kevin hit like classic Washington State, uh, I think military-based traffic. So Greg and I were able to avoid that traffic. But so because of that, Kevin's not on the episode. We referenced that. Also... We make a couple references to a past podcast that we attempted to record, which also included Kevin Eggleston, and it was on our trip to Monroe, Washington, where we did another show together in a, in a rural area of Washington. Um, that podcast had a couple problems. One, I wasn't able to record the audio the way that I wanted to. And two, we got a little spicy. We... I mean, I think it's good. The, the reason I like these types of podcasts, these like driving in the car podcasts, is because I think not only do you get to hear what comedians, cl something close to what comedians really talk like away from stage and away from cameras and shit like that, but also we, like, we also, I think, have like nuanced conversations about shit that it feels like the only presentation you're getting from the media or whatever is just like these representations of insane people. However, sometimes the way comedians talk, <laughs> and, and by sometimes the way comedians talk, I mean sometimes the way that I talk is in a way that's maybe a little more blunt or bald than the situation requires. So not only was the audio quality bad, but I was a little... I was a little worried about coming out of the, the content as a bad guy. And so I, I was a coward and I didn't put it out. Maybe one day. <clears throat> anyway, uh, this weekend I will be in Spokane, Spokane Valley, Lewiston, Idaho, and Tacoma, Washington performing stand-up comedy. The first, check uh, dkcmclean.com slash calendar for, um, for more information because... I think the Spokane date is at like the Ruby River Hotel. Lewiston is, I can't remember what the place is called. Um, Spokane Valley is at a place called Black Diamond. And then Tacoma Comedy Club, I will be hosting the brunch show and headlining at 5.30 p.m. My first time ever headlining at that club. Um, please come pack it out. Greg and Kevin, or sorry, Greg is on that show and also Todd Royce. Uh, past podcast guest Todd Royce will be there, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty fun show. Um, so this car, this podcast with Greg, we were driving. You know, the the here's the required disclaimer that it's on a recorder that's attached to my windshield, pointed at us. I think it takes about ten seconds to get used to it and sounds fine, but if if you're used to uh, if you, if you wake up every morning and you listen to like the up first podcast and you can't accept audio quality, even a step back from that, uh, this isn't for you, I guess. 
Wait till the next one. I don't know how you've made it this far because not a single goddamn podcast has been that good. But anyway, I think it's interesting. I'm going to keep doing more of these, not only because, I mean, I'm on the road a lot, so I have the opportunity to get these kinds of conversations recorded, but also because being on the road puts a big scheduling problem in my day. So anyway, follow me at the Casey McLean, follow Greg at Greg Beachler. I think he's only really active on Instagram. Uh, he's a very funny comic. Check him out if you can. As I said, he will be with me at Tacoma Comedy Club on June 27th, uh, 5.30 p.m. So come check us out. And thank you for listening to the podcast. And I will talk to you later. I can't believe I allowed a small amount of audio gold. Small amount, you're recording now? I am recording now, yes. Good, good. I didn't want to waste anything. Yeah, good. So speaking of jokes, that I wanted to work. I'm not sure how to go about it because I don't want to, like, where to put it because it kind of steps on being diabetic. Oh, okay. that be, having diabetes is like the overall punchline. It starts out how like uh, you know I was always wondering like envious how like most black people seem to like really love their moms. Like I don't I got a white mom I just didn't get that you know what I mean. Like <laughs> my mom's not that great. I think I'm being mean like just let just so you know she sends me a box of cookies every year for Christmas like a huge box of cookies. So hey I hope you and the family enjoy. And that sounds sweet, but I'm a type one diabetic, and I've been that way since I was twelve. Oh, that's, that's funny. The only thing she gives me is like, "Oh, well, fuck you too, man." I don't. Th- I think you could do that after the diabetes joke. Yeah, but then they already know I'm a. Yeah, I guess. I'm yeah, because I mean, I think then it's like uh, you're like, do you guys remember when I told you I was a type one diabetic? Uh, I mean, maybe it's like you know. Add some punches and shit, but yeah. Yeah, I think I think the thing that I so I have a, some jokes like that, like the the kid joke has like a joke at the beginning where I. It's like a misdirect that gets fucked up if I've talked about having kids before that joke. I'll speed through here, bro. It's fine. It's fine. You're right. You're right. I know. I'm looking out for you. Thank you. Doesn't 20 miles an hour just feel like zero miles an hour? It does. I think kids can handle faster than 20 miles an hour. That's my controversial opinion is... I could die, dude. I'm, I have a sprained ankle and I'm fat. And if that was my the case, and I was a child, I could still dodge a twenty mile an hour car. From what distance, though? Well, not zero, like not fucking zero inches. But see, that guy's gonna get pulled over, Greg. Oh, get saved by the saved by the light. Look how long the school zone is, too. It's 50 feet. What the fuck? <laughs> That's just a revenue generator. That can't it be is, man. That. It's. I also believe that. Yeah. There's one in Federal Way where uh, the sign that a school zone is coming up is kind of covered by a branch, oh, okay, a leafy yeah. branch. I know people bitch about it. Like, I couldn't see it. It's like, well, we're going to leave it there. Somebody should the just go, like, prune the tree yeah. themselves, you know? So there's, like, the the school sign and then like the camera's right there so you have no yeah. idea it's just like there even if you hit the brakes you're still going like 26 by the time you're hitting the, the camera 
I grew up in Fife, and Fife is just a series of those like speed traps. Like you come over a hill, and over on top of the hill, the speed limit changes to whatever. And so when you're on the downside of the hill, it's like lower than it was when you were going up the hill. <laughs> it's just like, dude, that that place is just like a. It's just a speed trap. The whole city's just a speed trap. Well, yeah, where else they generate revenue, man? The Motel Sixes that are there. I know they don't even oh, have a fucking grocery store in that city. It's yeah. a, and all and all their real revenue is Native American. Uh, businesses so they like smoke shops and shit so they probably can't even get like uh what do you call that like tobacco oh, like syntax revenue, syntax revenue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh yeah but that's where I get my weed from Five? Bay. yeah Fife I always have lots of points there man 30% off and shit is that place it used to be a like a cigar lounge I have no idea man no. it was always there but as soon as I moved up here that was the first one I went to interesting there's not a weed store in federal way that's close to me it's like way up north. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I've only been into the like recreational stores twice, both with out of town people. One was actually the so I have that Atlanta story, and one was that guy that when he came, he came here for my wedding, and uh, he was an usher. Um, Give me a fucking laugh for the people, please. Oh, no, I, Jesus. I was like, you should have seen my horrified face. Like, isn't this one of your best friends that had your back? Gave you the honorary N word, and you're like, you can be an usher now. Yeah, thanks, no. man. Please don't say that word at my family. He worked for the catering company. <laughs> he just happened to be at my wedding. I didn't invite yeah. him. Uh, anyway, he, um, no, he was the groomsman, but he, I took him into the place that's down like on Pacific Avenue, the one of the places down on Pacific Avenue. And then uh, I almost went into one because that place by by uh, by Shakabra, uh Emerald Leaves. Um, I've been in there. For some reason, my dog was out, and that guy found it. Not that I live close to there or anything like that, but uh, my dog like got out of my yard, and one of the employees there found my dog. Gotcha, gotcha. Put Hold it on. back. Hold on. Don't mean to interject here, but. Uh are you worried that people are going to find out where you live and stalk you from the popularity of this podcast? Or what's Dude, going on? I know that I'm not a popular comedian, but I have had some issues. <laughs> I believe it, man. I had a guy find my wife on Facebook. I bleep my wife's name out on every podcast, and I don't say it. I intentionally don't say it, but if someone else says it, I bleep it. Because, you know, like, I mean, I think you're... I know your girlfriend, like, she's a nice lady, and she started dating you when you were doing comedy, but she didn't sign up for, I mean, also, no one likes you, so the, so, like, you know, you don't have fans, yeah, yeah. per se, I mean, let's be honest, the idea that any of us really have a fan base is hilarious, but, um, wow, this is the, what, it's taking us away that I'm worried about, but it says the other way is 43 minutes slower. slower. Yeah, I think that's where Kevin's stuck, man. Oh, man. So we're just, like, riding alongside I-5, I think, for yeah, the... Like we should... You should text him and say, get off I-5, because... Damn. That's bad. We must just be skipping the accident. Anyway, um... I didn't even go in there for that. I bought the guy a bottle of whiskey for... Because he put my dog back in my yard. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... His, his uh, co-worker walks by my house every day to go to work, and I've talked to that guy a couple times, so I just give him the bottle of whiskey. Mm. Ooh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a really good craft beer bar out here. 
Yeah. Not that place. So that place is all right too. Ale, the ale house. Uh, Pint Defiance. Yeah. I mean, the ale house is good if you can't find Pint Defiance. Like, don't yeah. diss the ale house, but. Yeah. yeah well, definitely the, go to Pint Defiance if you have a choice. <laughs> when I moved to Tacoma, the ale house Pint Defiance didn't exist, and the ale house did. And uh, yeah, the ale house is good if you want sixty beers and half of them are Bud Light. You know. Actually, it burned down and got rebuilt since I've lived here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I lived at this club in Spokane called the Dolphin in Spokane Valley, and it caught on fire, and I watched it burn from my apartment. Oh, shit. Yeah, they never rebuilt that shit, though. There's a place in Enumclaw called the Yellowbeak that burned down twice, and then they it's back up. I don't know if it's like people are getting ins- insurance money off that shit or what, but probably I think it's easier to start a restaurant fire and have it burn for insurance than it is anything else, right? True. Like, man, this grease, like, it just caught the kitchen caught on fire, I don't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure, we had it inspected seven times last year, but... <laughs> There's a leak also. Like, we hit this thing too yeah. hard. Yeah. It's fucking wild, dude. What would you... How would you, uh... Like, what scam would you be willing to pull off to have, like, a, a life of luxury or at least financial comfort without having to work like how dirty would you go how dirty would I go I don't know man probably some white collar shit maybe bezelman from a co- like some kind of company okay um like a hack like I don't know that'd be a company I wouldn't want to fuck over some mom and pop people yeah that, but, that would suck yeah, yeah I could I could easily rip off I don't know, less than five million from a company. It's not even a fucking felony at that point. I don't. I think that's still a felony. No, I think. Uh, I think grand theft is like eight hundred bucks. I'm talking about federal. Sorry, it's not federal yet, so I'm not gonna have to do a ton of time. Oh, okay. So it's like a non-violent whatever yeah, they, crime. I could pay back a certain percentage over time. So they they let people keep some of the money. <laughs> is that right? Do they do that? That's funny. Yeah, I mean, if they can't find it, I just gotta hide enough of it. I said, like, I'm willing to, like, okay, I stole five million, hit, you know, 1.3, and I said I spent it on other shit that's just not like, oh, gambling away see, or whatever, and then I just come you back You laundered it. That's what money laundering yeah. is. I get it. Cash it. You know, it's in, like, you wanted the walls it a casino. of my mom's house. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah, casino winnings that you can document. I get it. For sure. That's actually one of those things they, I think that's why, you, have you, are you a casino guy at all? Like the movie or go to casinos? Go to, like, do you gamble at all? No, not really, man. Never got into that. So basically, if you win up to like a certain amount, it's probably like six hundred bucks because that's like a ten ninety nine level. But you uh, you don't have to fill out a tax form. But if you win big, you have to fill out a tax form. Well, I figured that, man. Like, so you just have a million dollars. Yeah, I've really fucking struck it rich. Like, you know, we want some of that money. No, yeah, but what people will do, and I think this is why they make you fill out the tax form, so that they, you know, like. Actually, by the way, I've never won big enough to have to fill out the tax form. So I don't know what's on it. But I think people go into casinos with like a million bucks. They lose 200 grand and then go, I won $800,000. And then now it becomes clean casino winnings and not uh, not laundered or not uh, embezzled money, you know? I guess. I mean, if they could just show that the casino paid them out chips $800,000. Right. It's like, well, how much did you put in there? Seven. Yeah, I started with yeah, yeah, whatever. I guess that's that's ridiculous. Let's go gamble. It's like hey, I lost some money. Yep, here I am. 
Yeah, basically that. I get it. But I don't think that would work that way because they were like, okay, why do you still have this 1.3 million then if you want it? You still owe us this 5 million you stole, so we're going to take that. What you say is you've lost it at a casino. So, y'all just lost it. Just lost all this money. Well, no, you would have the you'd have the money that you... I think what you're saying is you steal 6.3 million, you hide 1.3 million, you get caught for five, which I don't know why in your plan you get caught. Less than five. I mean, if you do, if you if I get caught. Okay. Like I'm, I'm thinking about time overall. I don't want to do federal time, but I could probably do four years and come back to like 1.3 million. That's not that bad. Yeah, that'd be fine. Although 1.3 million isn't even like... I mean, it's, you know, having it in one lump sum is pretty good, but... You know, if I spread it out over four years, that's worth... Was I going to make that in four years? Probably not. True. And I guess it's like 1.3 after taxes. <laughs> like, I guess it's it's yeah. like $1.3 in like real money. People are like, oh, I make this much, but you lose, you know, whatever, a third of it to at least to like FICA and all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, like, I don't know, Mike... That's the nice thing about comedy is you can just fucking screw the tax man, you know? Yeah, yeah. Something you should definitely say on a podcast. Yeah. Get out oh, this guy. I found out. I hope he doesn't listen, by the way. Never be a good drug dealer. I found out this thing. This is so funny to me. This guy, and I, it's too specific to ever do on stage. Because I don't think there's many of these jobs around. So this guy would know exactly who I'm talking about. Okay. But, uh... This guy, no, he was in the military, and he was, like, pretty straight-laced, Christian guy, married, multiple children, and then he went, the best I understand it is he had, like, a rumspringer, like, a little bit of a, he went a little wild at one point. Yeah, was he Amish, in fact? No, he wasn't Amish. I don't think so, I mean, he could have been. I don't know him that well, but I know that at some point, he got, like, super woke, and he was going to a college at, like, are you all right? Yeah, yeah. Did you lose your insulin? No. Just making sure I have my snack in case I have too much insulin in my blood and then I die. Um, In your car. You can always stop. This isn't worth it. It isn't worth it to me to get there on time to have you die in my passenger seat. I want to have a snack so you don't have to go go through. Thank you. Thank you. Because I was going to let you die, but I want to sound humane on the podcast. Uh, So he, he goes like from straight laced, Christian, conservative to like super woke. Like gaining clout on on social media for like those like super virtue signaly like um, you know like bad faith arguments about whatever race and whatever like he's he's doing exactly the thing that fucks comedy over is he just like like the least generous interpretations of what anyone says and then you know says it like a sassy black lady and the whole internet reacts you know what i'm saying we, like that's the uh, kurt metzger says it best but it's like uh every internet personality has stolen their personality from like uh like black trans youth like like cool internet speak is just from like black teenagers basically like why did it make me do this this seems like it was the stupidest fucking thing i guess wait a second so 52 minutes slower what happened no that's the other way that's the other way okay that's if i go right it's like you choose your own right here though it's like hey well i know i know what's yeah i know (laughs) weirdly took you here but i also feel like i could have gotten to here without making the stupid weird turn like, I could have just stayed on the street I was on instead of... I ha- One thing I hate about Google Maps, right now it's doing us a big favor and not putting us on I-5, and that's good. But one thing I hate about Google Maps is, like, I remember I was in Spokane a couple of years ago, and I was like, I just want to get to Chipotle, and it was snowing, 
like snowy ice on the road. Yeah. And it's got 58 turns to save like the alternate route that just goes straight is like one minute longer. But if you take 58 turns, we'll save you 45 seconds <laughs> in the snow. So this dude is, uh, he's goes from conservative Christian to woke. And then he got a job as a graphic designer for the IRS, okay. which is so fucking funny to me that one that the IRS is like one logo. What do you need a graphic designer for to make the right IRS? And then, and then also like he gets a job as a graphic designer and it's for the most like, he's the police dude. He's the fucking police. I know man, the IRS is the, the worst, the worst body you could ever work for. You yeah. want to cross them. They took everybody down. Al Capone, they don't fuck around this guy. Yeah. That's funny. So what's he saying? He's still I haven't talked to him about it. I haven't, I've literally like been, uh, I've, I don't, he like went through a thing, deleted his Twitter, brought up a new Twitter, didn't follow me. I didn't even know. I only even knew he had this new like super virtue signaling Twitter because I saw him get retweeted by somebody that I follow. Don't you hate that? Have you, has this happened to you? There's this, another friend of, uh, I guess I'll say his name, Kyle Plant Emoji. Is a guy that I know, and I don't. I didn't like. Bio plant emoji. Yeah, it's, he's like a famous Twitter guy. Okay. Um, like a. I remember when cameos. The only reason I found out who that he had this like Twitter following, because like comedians I respect follow him, and he does like basically just memes. It's just memes, and then he fucking, uh, he fucking. So Cameo came out, and I looked for who the cheapest comedian on Cameo was, because like, oh, am I gonna recognize some of these people? And he had himself on Cameo as a comedian. You know what Cameo is? I do know what Cameo is. So, but he's not a comic. He just doesn't mean. He's not a comic at all. And I don't. I already didn't like him because he was friends with a my. Well, he was friends with a. Uh, he was friends with a friend of our family, and uh, I've met him, and he's like kind of a conceited prick and then he's, I hate seeing conceited pricks oh this is yeah, turn here. Yeah, yeah. I can't have another trip of wrong turns with you half of why this is take two of our illustrious <laughs> podcast is because I was too embarrassed about the wrong turns I was making yeah, that would have been funny, man. You should have kept that on. That was ridiculous, dude. I think the sound quality was pretty bad. That's why I have this new setup where it's pointing at us. Ooh, that guy almost got hit. Yeah. Continue for three miles. What do you feel... So what do you feel about... We went into a place... That guy wasn't wearing masks. You put on your mask before we went in, like, made a point of it. I would have done the same. But I am ready to just be like, I'm fully fucking vaccinated. No, me too. I think that every time I put on my mask, bro, yeah. it, you know, it depends on where you're at. I like to ruffle feathers for no reason. What am I going to yeah. get out of it? No, I'm with you on that too. But I'm saying like the the any moralizing over mask wearing at this point is just like it's the might as well be this dude's the you might as well be an IRS graphic artist <laughs> with a woke Twitter account. He tried to book me on a show when he was going to college. He was like, you know. Which is nice. It's never, it's never, there's no time where it doesn't feel good to have someone consider booking me, right? Yeah. But he's like 30 in school with like 18 year olds, 2021, 20, 18 year olds. And uh, he's like, yeah, can you send me a video? I'd like to book you on a show. And I sent him a video and he's like, oh, dude, do you have anything that's less 
uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't think this was gonna be a good fit, but I appreciate it. So the, funny, man. What? Because this is the thing. I think I do a pretty good job of like dancing around the like tension of the topics that I do jokes about. I don't think that I should be like a controversial comic, but I think he's right that there's probably a sensitive person who would be in the audience who would be like, from a really we're gonna hear this from a middle-aged straight white guy? Really? What okay, what do you say that shouldn't be talked about by a middle-aged white guy? Um, so I have a joke, like for example, I say um that like I sold my daughter is the thing that I say, and then I say uh, I would have been stupid not to sell her. Do you know how much you can get for a white baby these days? Yeah, Which I, mean, I th- like, this is what I'm saying. Obviously, it's what? a fucking joke, and it is also, uh, it's also a... Human trafficking type joke? But it's a joke about, like, a real thing, right? Which is, it's even, like, a little bit of that Patrice joke, where it's, like, how much, how many days, you know how, whatever, like, how valuable you are, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. How, how many days they would... I just listened to the Elephant in the Room the other day. Yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. the, it's, like, it's at least, like, referencing the same social disparity. And so the, I don't think that should be. I think, like, I'm obviously sympathetic to the fact that the reason that exists is because there's, like, huge inequality in this country. I don't think that's a great premise to try to say on stage. I'm saying this joke because... I think that there's, you know, massive inequality in this country, and so I'm gonna say this joke that's a little bit edgy, and then say the joke it's gonna bomb. Like, you can't, you can't do jokes that way, you know, yeah. where you qualify everything you're gonna say. Or Part just of do the joke, and then like I don't know, feel like if you have to justify yourself afterward, do it afterward. Yeah, but even then, it's like, like I, like if you, if I have to fucking break down why the joke was acceptable to say, it's gonna be a lot of time between laughs. Oh no! How does they do it during these? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just let it bomb with who's gonna bomb. It's not gonna bomb with everybody. Yeah, the I mean, whole I, room bombs like, well, fuck. I so told you, like, I basically have no lines except for that one line that I said to you before this. That I, don't, I'm not even not saying it because I don't like think that I could trust the podcast listeners with it. I just don't want to give away the line if anyone comes and sees me. <laughs> but it's one line that I think if somebody got mad about it, I don't think I could defend it. Except for just to say, like, I think it's really funny. Also, it's the actual thing that happened. Like, that line that I said was the real thing I said at 22 years old in Atlanta. And we all that. fucking laughed. Exactly. Like, so you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I want you to talk about your experience. Yeah. Now, if they got, like, it's like, man, they got really offended. Like, told me, hey, Casey, let me explain why that's not right, man. Yeah. And there's a whole thing where you're like, no, I'm going to tell it anyway. Maybe yeah. you're kind of a dickhead. Yeah, I think also, like, the, the thing about that trip is... I did have, we did have, like, real conversation. I, f- I had this, like, epiphany. The guy in the joke, Yoshi, is this, he's a really smart guy. He's, like, a, uh, a military officer. Yeah, yeah. Really smart dude. And uh, I was uh, I was asking him something, like, you know, roughly, like, a very ignorant thing, like. Uh, <laughs> Like how you start things out like this. Well, no, but it's true. I mean, I think you should be allowed to be ignorant, right? Like, and if you're, especially if in this situation where I listened to someone and changed my viewpoint. There you go. All right. There you go. So I said, like, what I don't understand is, like, why, like, what is, what is stopping black people from, from achieving now? Like, there's all these barriers existed before. What's stopping them now? And he was like, yeah, dude, black people haven't even been allowed to have, like, properties until like 1970 or something like that like in, a, in an equal form 
obviously there's been black property owners, but they've been yeah, sy- like systemically oppressed. And shit like that. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, and you know, bank, like also, you've got this like not only generational wealth, but also like generational like culture. Or because I said something like, why you know, why, bank accounts? That's not that's not crazy to have a bank account. And he's like, yeah, dude, but when you grew up and nobody had a bank account. It's not a logical connection to get your own bank account necessarily. You know what I mean? Like it's just cult- like the culture is different, and the culture got fucked by America. And I was like, oh, that's like I've never he basically what he actually said the literal words. But after explaining all that, he's like, black people are new money. Any black person with money is new money. I was like, oh, that's a great point. Like new money white people do stupid shit all the time, and we laugh at it when it's black people. White people are like. Well, why are you so irresponsible? You know? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough, dude. That's that's real shit. Yeah, we don't have to go down a whole systematic route again. I think you always <laughs> try to get me to talk about systematic racism. I have thought a lot about what you said because I, I called you a libertarian and you go, if it wasn't for insulin, I'd be a libertarian. And I think that's like where most people should what land. Is like, I was just yeah. fucking around though. I'm just saying, I get... Well, no, I but I think that's smart. I think it's like you should... There should be... I agree with libertarians, except for this thing that is like morally opposed by, or is like I have a moral opposition to. So libertarians in general are against universal health care. That's like I would say like a mainstream libertarian view would be to be would be to be against universal health care. Oh yeah, and I would disagree with that. And I think we should. Uh, you should never fucking. Oh yeah, should I hit this dog? I bet that lady was hot when she was younger. Continue for six miles. She's 900 years old now, but... Yeah, still walking that dog with confidence, though. Dude, full confidence, swinging ponytail. I've done a show here. I have a shirt. Yeah, I have a shirt. I did a show here, too. Yeah. Was it the same time? No. Was Maybe. Um, who the fuck was it? Yeah, was it was those, like... There was, like, those two dudes that really came into town, booked, like, nine shows, and then we never heard from again. There was like a Micah or a... What of like an Italian dude that just kept talking about the business too much? I think he was Mexican. Oh, I thought he looked Italian. He's like, hey man, yo, I really want to get into this. I'm like, hook me up. get some people over here. And then like, the other, yeah, man, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I'm just a comic. Yeah, the other guy looked like he was in a screamo band in the nine, or in the early 2000s. Like piercings and tattoos and shit. God, what was that guy's name? Maybe Taylor? I think he had a, a, a non traditionally gendered name like a name that could be unisex or whatever traditionally um at some point I might have to have you message this booker and just <laughs> tell her we're gonna be there at 630 uh what time are we supposed to be there? I mean the show starts at 7 so oh okay so it's, we have like a hard call time like I need you no dude I, would, I don't fuck around with that stuff did you did you hear about Todd's thing. We talked about it on my podcast, so I don't feel bad. Blowing. Yeah, no, no. That's a. Uh, I'm the one who like just dropping names to this Ron dude, right? And I was like, man, who needs a who wants to work on some shit, get some stuff over? Because that's how I felt with Ron. Was like, right, oh, you man. recommended Todd? Yeah, yeah I recommended a few people, man. I was like, yo, man, look, if that's you want to do 45 and just get some practicing, like, don't hilarious. do this. You're willing. This guy's kind of you know kind of much to deal with. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. But he's also one of those places. Like, if yeah, right, you burn a bridge with him. Okay, no skin off my back, Doc. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've officially burned a bridge with him. I don't think he listens to this podcast, but uh, I do 
I would never, I would turn down, I would never feel bad about canceling one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've done like, I don't know, four of his shows. I didn't And I'll one. say like, yeah, audience is usually pretty good. They usually got a pretty packed out. Really good comedy and shit. It's just, he's a kind of a psycho. Yeah, but isn't that bullshit when the headliner makes 150 bucks and he's got to be clearing like 800 bucks or $1,000 and oh, yeah. he's not even in town? Yeah, I don't know how he does it. Like the deal he sets up with is, uh, you know, if people buy tickets at the door, you get all that money. Mm-hmm. I've done like one of his shows, I made like 350 Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's odd. Yeah, yeah the only one I did, it was me and Josh... No, you know what? I don't. I think yeah, it was two twenty five for the us combined. Josh just like wanted me to come on the gig, so and Josh is like nice, so he's like, I'll just split the money with you. And I was like, dude, you don't have to split the money. But then afterwards, I was like, oh man, neither one of us should have done this. Like, this, is, <laughs> this sucks because it was all sold out before we got there too. Oh, so I, we didn't have to do this ticket shit. And he had a comic. Who I'll tell you off the podcast, which it, he's not someone who I would ever work with again. But I just I try to keep my shit out of like I don't, I don't need to have a feud. I don't want this guy taking up any more fucking bandwidth of mine than he already does. Okay, to yeah, have this anger to towards this him. Guy's... Damn. But uh, he came and fucked. He he came. This dude. It's I told it on the last podcast, so I feel kind of uh, dumb telling it again. But so he MCs. He's like. So what do I do, like 30? And Josh is like, no, do 10. And then he did well for like 12 minutes. And then he did, then he says to the crowd, you know what, I'm going to do some new jokes. Oh, man. And then he ate shit. New jokes. Ate shit for 10 straight minutes. By the way, (laughs) if you remember, I said he was supposed to do 10. Yeah, yeah. so now he's at 22. At 22, he asked, Casey, are you timing me? And I was like, no, I'm I'm like going on stage. I'm, I'm fucking... 10 minutes removed from thinking I was going on stage soon, you fucking asshole. Then he does four more minutes. Wow. I uh, I go up to fine. I'm selling merch. While Josh is on stage, uh, two people leave the showroom to buy my merch. After the show, immediately, like, three different groups come up, buy a shirt, buy a shirt. Then he goes, oh, shit, you know what? I'm going to sell my merch, too. And I'm like, ah, dude, like, an MC selling merch is kind of annoying. Also, like, you, you like, live here. I fucking drove all the way down here. So you making 100 bucks on this is not as bad as me making 100 bucks on it. And then, so I'm selling shirts. He comes with his shirt, and he's like, you know, I, uh... The guy, a guy comes up, and he's, like, gonna buy my shirt. And he goes, you know, actually, you can buy his shirt. Or mine's hand screen printed by me. The art was made by me. And I work with this producer... If you buy my shirt, I can get you into the next show for free. This is while the guy's like hand, about to hand me money. Wow, so he undercut you. He undercut me. And I literally at that point, I was so fucking mad because of the way the whole thing had gone. I just like closed my suitcase and walked up. Josh didn't have merch, so he was just like pouting in the front of the room. Actually, I think he was breaking down the PA because back then that guy made you bring your own PA. That booker? Yeah, he still does. Oh, what an asshole. You brought a PA somewhere? No, no, somebody else did it. Oh my god. Now I'm never gonna work for that guy. What a fucking jerk. So I had like, by the way, I had like the best PA you could have ever possibly expected a comic to have. And the place we were at, it had to be cranked all the way up to fucking handle this room. 
What do you expect a comic to be carrying with him, speaker-wise? I don't know. So I kind of want to get those JBLs, man. You can get they have like a PA <laughs> system. I know. Then the you can also like connect them all together. I know the ones. This was yeah. a two-speaker. The one I had was a two-speaker, 500 watt, like great. Like Wingman Brewers is a cavernous room. It would at qu- one quarter volume would fill that place with sound. This place was so goddamn big, and so high ceilings and so much dead space. Cranked all the way up, you could barely hear it in, enough in the background. And then when it's cranked that high, it's like ready to feed back into the mic and shit. So annoying. Um, yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah, dude. So that comic, like, I will. I don't. I mean, I guess I'm protecting him on this very popular podcast, but I will. Anytime his name comes up, I'll fucking tell that story to anybody because he's just, he's just a slime ball, dude. He's just a fucking. Uh, uh, I just can't trust people like that in my life. You know what I mean? People who are like trying to get one over. I can't. What the fuck? What do you think he's gonna do? If he needs his money like that. Oh, That's quite the hard pitch. I think he's a drug addict. If I was being honest, or he's just a—I think he's honestly just a narcissist, and he won—he's like competitive, and he was. But oh yeah, that was the other thing. When I showed up, I had met him before. I know—I've met him before this. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Hey, dude, I'm uh, Casey. I've met you before. I met you at uh, Bob's Java Jive or whatever." And he's like, "Oh, cool. So uh, you're gonna want to set the speakers up. Um, I think you're gonna want." this and I was like oh yeah dude we already got it figured out and he's like oh, okay well do you do a lot of these and I'm like what do you mean he's like aren't you the sound guy and I'm like no dude I'm the feature comic on the show <laughs> I'm the feature comic. and then he was like really annoyed because he hadn't he didn't think that he had met me so he's like thought he should be featuring basically I have a lot of that where I maybe it's just like me uh projecting my own fucking insecurity but where I will be featuring and the MC like feels like every comedy's just so fucking stupid because that shit happens when you headline too it's like people are like oh i should be head- why is casey headlining that show yeah yeah i don't know i don't headline that many shows but i get it. it's like why the fuck is casey headlining this show i know like you're thinking that right now you're like no. i'm gonna fucking jump out of this just yeah wait till we had a decent speed not just stand still yeah. i'll be stuck in stillicum <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's like i mean that's you know half of the shit is like uh, I think you're like a fun guy to hang out with and I get along with you well. I think you're funny, but I, there's a lot of funny people. Yeah, yeah. But you gotta be a good hang, right? Yeah, you gotta be a good hang. You gotta be easy. That's like my thing is I'm very easy, I think, to take on the road. And I, I come with perks because I'm probably going to do fucking sound and video of the show, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, we got... The sound set up in your car. I know. Ridiculous. It's like more expensive than your car. Just to record this fucking podcast. Let me tell you, you would be surprised at the value of a Prius wagon. I would not be, man. They hold, they hold their, they retain their value. Yeah. Pretty well. So do Hondas. Yeah. Yeah, and this Prius wagon, they stopped uh, making. So it's like, this is the, I think the last year of it. So they have a hybrid, they stopped making it because they have a hybrid uh, RAV4, but it doesn't even get good gas mileage. This thing gets like 43 to the gallon or something like that. Yeah, that's what's up. And my dog can run around in the back. Yeah, it's pretty spacious, man. Now, what the fuck are you talking about this comic guy that you were really going off on? Yeah, who's this? I know guys like that though, man. I know a couple comics. 
Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just like, they'll just rub you wrong, the wrong way right away. You might not know who this is, but I'm going to type his name into my phone. All right. Do you know that name? Yeah, dude. Yeah, hold on. I think I'll definitely work with him. And I've had, you know. So I'm surprised you said that he bombed that like that. No, he's not a... He did great for like 12 minutes and then he bombed on new material that he shouldn't have been doing. Not only should he not have been doing it because his time was up, but also it was like a fucking uh, audience full of like 55 and older. And he was doing like abortion jokes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the... And I, which I'm not offended by. I don't care. I don't even care that he bombed. If he had bombed for 10 minutes but just did his time, I'm fine. I'll I'll do fine still. I'm not... I don't have a problem with that. It's just the... That's funny, man. All right, yeah. I definitely know that guy. He's also... He's the favorite comic of another guy that used to book shows in Tacoma. That was, like, very... He's, like... Not in comedy at all anymore, like as a booker or anything. And he's like notably very sleazy. Um, oh, is this the uh, the BB guy? Yeah, BB. Yeah, yeah. BB. Oh, BB. That's the first show I've ever done in Tacoma, man. Like oh, first day wow. what when a, I, I parked the U-Haul in Federal Way, then got in my car and drove to the show I was booked. On. That's so funny. Where at? At jo- Bob's job, man. Oh man, there was a whole thing with that too because so the I was part of the group that um, started that. Yeah. The the. Bob's Comedy Drive, which we don't need to, we don't need to litigate that on a podcast. Those people deserve less airtime than anybody else in the fucking world of comedy. But there was a controversy because Ben, oh shit, I guess he's. I'm not gonna take the time to edit his name out. Uh, BB, (laughs) he uh, like loved that place. At one point, I let him host an open mic just because I didn't want to host it. And he took it as, like, this super nice gesture. He's like, I will, you have a spot on any one of my shows for the rest of the time I'm producing shows because of that one thing. He, so like, loved that place. Time. Yeah, he Damn. loved that place, and it was, like, a career achievement for him. And uh, then he just, like, uh, went to the venue and was like, hey, can I do a show here, too? Because he loved the place, and he loved the... He didn't realize that he was, like, going to be stepping on someone else's toes. Oh, he doesn't know about... He didn't know about poaching and shit. Yeah, so there's, like, this big, you know, big fucking conflict, and I didn't care. So I was, like, a almost an... Uh, I just... The, the shit that I, I feel happy to be, like, above now is the, like, uh, not... I don't care about any drama around an open mic. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. The, po- the politics of booking an open mic, the idea that an open mic... I don't like open mics. They're, I don't think... I think you reach a point where... I mean, not to say I couldn't learn from an open mic still or get, like, the time isn't worth anything, but, like, there are certain open mics that are not worth your time going. They're not worth the time you even spend on stage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, open mics have their purpose, man. You're supposed to work out some jokes try something you haven't tried before maybe tweak some shit see how that goes yeah that's, and, um, I can do that on a yeah. fucking book show you, know? you can do that on book show for sure I mean that's like, like that's like the absolute new shit I don't, like, I don't want to try this right stupid idea yeah no here. I yeah. get that that's what I'm saying and I also even then it's like am I gonna do I care about an open mic in a building that's shaped like a coffee pot like is that that important to me like no I'm I'm just going to 
Jesus Christ. What did Kevin do? This This is the round the mess now. That's hilarious. Kevin's fucked. Yeah, look how clear it is. That's yeah. a, that's a sign that uh that must be very fucked back there. Did I did I put you in communication with that lady? The the booker? I don't think so. Okay. I might just grab my phone later when we're Or you might have I don't know, what's her name? I don't want to say it on the podcast. Oh, guys, that's right. You don't want to edit too much. I'd, I'm not going to listen to Right now, I'm fine with everything. Nothing needs to be edited. Just like, you know, <laughs> even the levels. I just names and just like yeah. ask questions. Because I've always heard third party about what happened with like the weird beasts between clubs and different drama at different clubs. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I moved in like, eh, right at the peak of some shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll yeah. do that. We'll do that when we turn off the recorder. All right. We have a whole drive home for that. So Cool, cool. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know, man. I just think it's like the. I don't care about anything that's any like. Even then, I was like, "You're mad because you put an open mic in this place, and this guy wants to put a paying show there. You should be fucking thrilled and embarrassed that you didn't think of the idea to put a paying show in here first. You know? <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It does suck that he like you know went around them to do it, but but fuck. Yeah, I mean, I guess, dude, if you don't have the, if you're not making the most out of the space, you can't stop someone else from doing this shit. There's a venue by us that I was supposed to do a show at, like, help co-produce a show before the pandemic, and then I kind of, like, before the pandemic, I was a little bit, you know, overwhelmed with fatherhood to try to produce something, and so uh, I, like, bowed out. I was like, I can do whatever you need me to do, I just can't, like... I can't commit to being at this place once a week to do these open mics and then also the showcase and be on every showcase because it was on, you know, whatever, a day that I would be doing comedy somewhere else. Um, and then some other people, I didn't care about this, but some other people after the pandemic, I was like, hey, uh, I'm thinking about doing a show here. Is anyone already talking to them? Because I don't want to step on anyone's toes. And I found out someone was. And then somebody else a different person didn't have that same courtesy and now they're booking a show there. And I'm like, well, fuck, I could have been booking a show there. Yeah, if you didn't want to be a courteous motherfucker. I know. Well, I also, my dream scenario is that somebody else produces the show and then just books me on it a lot. It's, I would rather not produce a show if I didn't have to, but. Oh, man, I hate producing. Man. Yeah. Actually, the comic dude I don't like, I produced a show with him, like, uh, drinking to me. Oh, like, yeah. yeah Are we uh, not saying his name also? Nah, fuck that guy. I don't want to give him I gotcha. Not not Josh. Yeah, not there's Josh. Another guy. Anyway. Not Yeah, we had like Wait, wait, wait yeah. hold on. There's another guy. There's three guys that I know of that were involved with it. Right? Were involved with it? No, it was basically just two beginning at the beginning. Well, Josh was, was Josh, he had the idea and he said it in front of this other guy who kind of ran with it. Right. All right. So he put it on. Was doing it at this Brooklyn deli. It was like the best spot to be on Wednesday. It was like real cool, fun Wait, show. I just want to be clear. It's not the guy who still lives in Spokane, right? No. Okay. Uh, Casillas is fine. Dees Casillas came on after like all the drama like was already dusted up. Gotcha. Casillas okay. had no part of this. He just started helping produce later. Like the shit was over, you know. It was like the fourth venue when he signed up to start working it, man. I gotcha. Yeah. So it was that one venue, then they shut that down. So we moved into another venue. That's when I started helping out producing and stuff, booking shows. It was such a pain in the ass, man. Fucking yeah. getting teams of people to like show up. 
Make sure yeah. CD's good. Like, then the bar just closed. Like, on a night we were booked, so I had to, like, haggle with this. I'm like, yo, look, just put a bartender there. I'll tip him out myself. Serve drinks. You can make all the money. Just let us put the show there. We already have it booked. Yeah. And it turned out to be a good show. But, man, that fucking guy was such a pain to work with. The comic guy? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I did a drink and debate in Tacoma myself. Um, which, sometimes I think doing stuff by yourself is better. Like, when you have... Democracies are tough. <laughs> you know, like... You end up doing stuff that you're like... That's why all that effort... That's why I'm saying about having a fucking open mic. All that effort. And then at the end of it, it's just a fucking open mic. It's a like a show that provides limited value to the lowest level of comedy... Well, no, provides a lot of value to the lowest level of comedy and limited value beyond that. And so then you're just like, instead of becoming a better comic, you're like worrying about who's getting booked enough at your open mic and the like politics and drama around having these spots, this like, you know, finite resource that is stage time. And oh yeah. my God, it's so fucking dumb. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know why you would do that. I don't know why you would places, do that. I mean, you ever talk to comics from like other cities and like I can't believe how much stage time you guys get around here. It's yeah. Like, wow, like it's definitely. Or definitely also good. like actual audiences. There's actual yeah. audiences. Yeah, Washington's a really good spot for comedy. I did a produce like a produced show, like a showcase in New York. And it was like two gay dudes, two, you know, other people and my wife were the crowd. There was like there was literally more comics than audience members. Yeah. I did uh the Hollywood improv. Got a new show. Oh yeah, and it was like eh, nine people in the crowd, mostly comics and shit. So, so the dude, I do the show, and the I had like middle That's of the show. Ropes. I want to be booked on it again. I'm just saying. Yeah, like the audiences, man. We gotta, we don't appreciate them enough up here. No, I agree. So yeah. this is the thing. The guy that hosted the show, there were two guys that I talked to. Um, uh, one guy was the host, and he was great, and I was like, wow, he's really good. And I was like, I would say my set was like, of the seven people on the show, I was like three or four. Uh, third or fourth best. Not the best, not the worst by far. It's kind of in the middle, for bit forgettable. Yeah. And then the best was the host by far. And I was like, God damn, that guy's good. I wonder, uh, like, does he do the road? And literally two weeks later, he was on Colbert. Like, that's how good. That's like one of the best comics in New York, basically, right? And he's doing this same shitty show that I'm doing. And he was hosting it, though. Yeah. He wasn't producing it. It was yeah. another, it was a lady producing it, but yeah, he's great. Jeff R. Curie is his name if you ever want to check him out. Yeah, I did the, uh, you ever do Flappers in Burbank? No, I got, I got a, accepted into their um, festival. I almost called it something else. Uh, and then I dropped out of it because I it's not the juice wasn't gonna be worth the squeeze. Oh, for sure. I know that same festival. I also didn't do it, but I did a show there just because it bounced around like in the uh, the smaller room, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. and that was weird because like, like it was a produced show. They haven't come out just to do seven minutes. I was like earlier in comedy. I was like, yeah, I'll drive to California for free to do seven minutes. I got friends there, so I drive out there with my girlfriend in this shitty ass Chevy Aveo that I had. It was like manual everything, no air conditioning. 
super fires the whole time in California. It was so <laughs> hot. You gotta have the windows down, breathe again. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was just either sauna for a while and able to breathe a little bit, or roll down the window, be cool, and like choke on smoke. And that was like 200 miles worth of driving. That's funny. Yeah, it's shitty, man. But yeah, I get there. 200 miles. Oh, 200 miles of it. You were of it. Yeah, just of uh, yeah, smoke, you. not total, man. That was like that a was thousand a miles. Fucking journey. Yeah, it was like 18 hours, both ways. Fucking. But yeah, so I get there and I feel like it's a show. Say my name and they like look in the page like you're not on the list. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I I should be on the list, man. It's right here on this email. So he turns the second page and there's three names on it. He's like, oh, you got the seven minute spot. He's like, okay, cool, cool. I was like, is that the fucking a good spot? Everything else was three to four minutes, maybe. But Adam Ferreira did a spot. He just dropped in and did a spot. That was kind of cool. He recognized me when I hosted for him. I was like, okay. Oh, that's cool. So that was dope. And then, uh, yeah, but, you know, look, when you're with comics, even if you never met them before, you yeah. kind of know you have a rapport with them. You start talking and shit. Yeah. When I got there, like, nobody was talking to each other. I thought that was weird. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, most of the people on that show were, like, doing comedy classes, and they were just doing that show for the first time. I know, that shit's like a pyramid scheme. Yeah, it's fucking weird. I did, uh, I tried out for their, I did their virtual show audition. I was just, like, at a point, I did, like, ten virtual shows. Oh, man. But at the beginning, they were actually kind of fun. And also, I had been doing, you know, it had been like a full month without comedy. And I had everything already to do, like, I had good camera, good uh, mic, good audio equipment and shit. So, some people, like, you know, a lot of people were using, like, their fucking iPhone. And yeah. it was going horribly because... I know. Uh, I used my phone at the beginning, and I bought a laptop, and it still was shitty. Yeah, it's still not good. I, but I did there, I signed up for it because I was like, this could be like a way to get regular spots while, you know, develop, keep developing material. And then, you know, everybody kind of realized that you're not even living a life. What could you write about? And nobody's going to, I, dude, I, if I hear another person do 25 minutes about the fucking quarantine, I might quit comedy. Um, so you, what are you quitting, man? That's definitely <laughs> happening. Today. You're, you're rolling out your 25-minute COVID set uh, tonight. <laughs> um, I have, like, one line about COVID. That's it. Like, we spent a lot of time like his, but mostly because I had to. We were yeah, up. yeah. And that's it, dude. But you've had that. Didn't you have a line like that? You've had, you have lines like that about not enjoying spending time with your kids before the pandemic. Yeah, I have a couple things where I'm like, this line would sound silly if I didn't acknowledge that we're in the middle of a pandemic or at the end of a pandemic. For sure. But it was a line that I had before, and I'm just... I just want you guys to know that I'm not a robot, that I realize this line is weird if I... Um, anyway, though, the, I signed up for their, vert, or their like the show or the audition. I did that, and then I got one five-minute spot. I don't know if it went well or bad. I can't even remember. I was just like, this is such a scam. Like They want you to pay like five bucks to be on their open mic. That's why they get people. And it's just like your business model is exploiting the lowest level of people's insecurities, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or the, the insecurities of the lowest level people in the in the thing. And it sucks, man. I hate that. You got decent open micers coming to do your shit. Yeah. That's funny. I feel like there's another club in the area that's kind of like that. In Every our area? They have shows, it's like... In our area? Yeah, yeah. Not that they... 
Just, you know, like, they'll have somebody come in, and they'll have, like, I don't know, four or five people do some shit in front of them. They'll have, like, five comics do seven to ten minutes, and then bring Oh, the yeah, 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 of course. That, that shit drives me nuts, dude. Dude, if they would just book those spots, I would go do those spots, but I can't, I can't drive 40 minutes to not get up now. That's the other thing about open mics that sucks. How many times did, have you tried to do, like, the underground... And you oh get bumped, God, and then you go to fucking uh, Amani Taylor's room because that's like the backup plan for everybody. And he, that place is like what I I love Amani, and I actually love that he did that room. I don't know why he that guy puts more people on stage. I think he is, yeah. yeah. He puts more people on stage than anybody in the fucking area. But uh, he would, you wouldn't show up, and it would be like the list is out. He would just like drop the list among comics. So one night I was there, and I was like, the f- I left the underground, I was the first one at his room. And by the time the list got to me, I was like 12th. So it's like... Yeah, you gotta get in line, dude. No, it, like, the list wasn't out, what do you mean? He yeah. dropped it in the middle, he like came up and dropped it in the middle of a group of comics. How long ago was this? I don't know, dude, it was, I mean, three years ago or something? Yeah, see, I've never seen him do that, I always seen like, it's always at the bar. At the end, and then a few people online, they kind of sign up, kind of pick their spots. Right, but even then, you're like, I'm just gonna wait in line at this bar, not order a drink for 40 minutes before the list comes out. Like, no, that sucks, dude. So I ended up, <laughs> I ended up just like leaving because it's, I mean, we're still like 30 minutes before showtime. He also lets people drop in. Oh yeah, dude. And so like, I'm like, I'm gonna leave here. I'm gonna have left for Seattle at like 6 p.m. and get home at midnight and have done five minutes on stage. You know what I mean? That's like... Oh, I do know. I think about it hourly all the time. I was like, man, what the fuck? It's a lot of work. When yeah. I first got to Seattle, uh, I think Maserati was running the underground at the time, so I was always doing like a lot of shit there because he was cool. You know, I was like yeah, I love Mike. doing guest spots, hosting and shit. I do have some shit to talk about, Mike. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to Ted on the podcast because I think it's funny. All right, that's cool. But yeah, man, he was like, you know, he had like that LSD just like bring people up from the background, God Mike. You can get yeah. like 50 comics up. Not really people got bumped and shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. Then some other people took over and I got bumped four times in a row. Yeah. It was ridiculous, man. My first four times up there, I got bumped. Uh, I didn't get bumped. My first four times I went there. And then I was like, I guess they just like me. Like, that's great. I'll come here all the time. And then I went four weeks in a row and got bumped four weeks in a row. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, Maslati's great. I love Maslati. By the way, I did a, I opened for Chris Porter uh, at Tacoma Comedy Club, and Nolan Culver was emceeing. Yeah. So Mike was at, like, two of the nights. For sure. And by the last show, he was like, dude, I'm bored. Can I just help you sell merch? And I was like, yeah, dude, for sure. The, the previous shows I had sold, like, 800 bucks worth, the previous four shows. I sold like six hundred fifty dollars worth of merch with him helping. Because first off, yeah, dude, he's great, and um, I gave him fifty bucks, which is like underpaying him, really. Even though he did like twenty minutes of work, I fucking dude, it was plenty worth it to give him fifty bucks. And uh, he, so that's like a nice thing about him is he he helped me out that way. Also, he's always been he's like, dude, I want to get you to host at uh, Comedy Underground. I was like, dude, I would love to. And then we'd like, you know, I'd follow up with him, follow up with him, never could nail him down. Wanted to get me a guest spot. He's like, do this weekend. So I leave that weekend open. 
because uh, I want it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that guy wants his own guest spot. Sorry. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Finally, he gets me on the calendar. Uh, he, so I'm on the calendar for, like, let's say November. And it's, it's uh, June. I'm like, cool. I'm in. Sounds good. Then he, he quits as the manager. And he's like, your booking should stay, no problem. Chris Moran gets the book, gets the manager job. Uh, and then Robert Pitty, who was the manager when they closed, gets the job. Yeah. And, uh, Shout out to Pitty, man. He put me Yeah, guys. Pitty's great. This, this, yeah. this is not a bad story for Pitty at all. Uh, like, so I said it's in November. Like, late October rolls around. I'm like, hey, uh, I think I'm booked for this weekend. Mike booked me before he left. And he's like, he, let me check the thing. He didn't say anything to me, but uh, I'll check. And he's like, sorry, that's uh, that date's already filled. And I'm like, oh, really? What? Can you tell me who it is? Because I would like to, like, if it's somebody I can switch with. And he's like, oh, you know what? It's Mike Mazzalotti. <laughs> and then he ended up, I was like, I was like, dude, can I just have this? You gave it to me before. And he's like, oh, yeah, you, yeah, I'll, I mean, if you want it, you can take it. And I was like, yeah, I want it. <laughs> like, First off, just because I don't think I'll ever get another chance if I don't take this one, you know? And they love Mike there. Like, he can go MC there anytime. Well, not now. Now now it's, like, basically closed. Yeah, man. It, maybe it's officially closed. This is the, the final straw. Yeah. I thought the place was like a cocaine front anyway. I didn't know. I didn't I understand how. I don't know if you were wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on in there. Like, the they... they I found out how much the rent was, and I'm like, well, I don't think you sell that many tickets a month. Dude, there's no fucking way, dude. I've done shows there, like, at night, the, the late show, where, like, maybe four people bought tickets. Yeah. And it's like, all right, we get four more people to walk in, we'll do a show, like, if there's eight people, but if there's less than that, they don't do it or some shit like that. Yeah, that's And then just barely, like, nine people showed up, so, yeah. That's a terrible fucking... Actually, the crowd's usually pretty good down there. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, I'm. I would say like I don't have the like magical attachment that some people have, just because they were never like outside of Maserati. I never felt like anyone really like uh, like championed for me. You know. Oh, yeah, well, it's a combo, man. Yeah, I mean, it's you know. It I like. I mean, I like Pity. I like Robert Pity. Check out his album. Uh, something to something. Something to friendship. Pat like Road to Friendship or something like that. P i d d e. Robert J. Is it a J? I don't know if it's a J. It just sounded good. Um, I did have aspirations at one point because, I mean, literally since I started comedy, that place was like, they're closing in six months. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, I do kind of want to record something there at some point. And I was booked there to feature for Gabe Rutledge in April of 2020. Yeah, well, and you're going to do a feature spot, huh? Yeah. Man, man, yeah, I've done some good shows at the underground, too, though, for real. I've had great weekends there, where those shows were packed out. Just murdered, had, like, pretty good Seattle sick sets there. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, man, it's, uh, it was a good, it was a good room. Especially when it was full, man, low ceilings, just, oh, yeah, yeah it's great, oh, yeah. dark. Yeah, I mean, I, I featured there for Gabe once. I did the the contest. They had a couple shows there in the contest and the tryouts. And 
the I emceed for Jack Knight, and I have never been more sure that a headliner didn't like me when they left. <laughs> what? It wasn't even like he hated me. I just annoyed him at one point, and he never talked to me the rest of the thing. I I asked him a question about because he's from Seattle. Okay. And I asked him a question about because he was talking about like a high school that he. I was like, "What high school did you go to?" Or maybe I asked a question about the high school. Oh, that's my wife. Well, now we know what part's going to be edited out of the podcast. Yeah. Cool, cool. Oh. I got to make a call back anyway. Hello? Okay, 50 seconds. So right around the hour mark. That's where I need to edit out. That's good. Um, oh, yeah, so Jack Knapp. That's, that's what we were getting at. Yeah, um, yeah he didn't. Like yeah, I said something about his high school, and then he thought that I went to his high school. He's way younger than I am. <laughs> He's like What's so. They, I mean, I was like maybe twenty nine, and he was like twenty four or something like that. And. He's like very good. I have nothing bad to say about him. He was overall like mostly nice. I just, it was so obvious that he thought I was talking about like I had gone to his high school. And I was like, oh no, dude, I went to school in Tacoma. And he's like, oh, and then he just like got annoyed by like, I might have even said it in like kind of a dickish like ball busty thing. Like, I don't really care that much. I just, I would have spoken to him. I mean, seems like a weird thing for him to just actively dislike you though. Oh, you went to my school? No, I'm sorry about that misunderstanding. I went to Tacoma. Fuck this guy. I can't believe. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it was like first off, it's not like I was crushing with him before. And uh also his whole family's from here. Like he's from here. So he wasn't his bro by the way, I have like his brother's phone number. His brother like really liked me and gave me his phone number. Uh I think I have it in as like Marcus Jack Knight's brother or something like that. I would I mean I have no animosity towards Jack Knight. I just know that I annoyed him. Uh, which I'm, not, I'm also certain I've annoyed other headliners. I have no doubt about that. But I uh, I knew it then. Because that little, like, kind of annoying thing. I was probably, like, already annoying him. And that happened. Yeah, his story's so crazy. Because he did, like, an open mic in Seattle. Moved to L.A. And, like, five years later was headlining the underground. Which is just fucking insane. That is pretty insane. Even, like, like, the underground's on the A club, but, like, still, like, to already be headlining. I'm at six years, and I'm headlining a bar in Washougal. Hey, I'm also six years, and I just headlined, uh, what, a bar, brewery in North, in somewhere in Seattle. Oh. Small towns. You've at least done the clubs, yeah. Northwest Peaks? Well, I did that one. I've done one club headlining set. And I have another one scheduled. I was actually scheduled to headline Skyline in August. What happened with that? Well, so the original thing that happened was I was scheduled to do... I've been scheduled to go there to do Open for Jason Muse. Sounds like a nightmare. I got rescheduled to Open for Jason Muse in the pandemic. And then it was... uh, I think Cash Levy was there and I got like you can go you don't have to go because it's like height of the pandemic so I get rescheduled for like beginning of 2021 to open for Sean Patton he cancels (laughs) and I get canceled 
then scheduled to uh, open for somebody and got rescheduled again and then he was like listen I'll just fucking let you headline and I was like okay and then I got I picked I picked a weekend and I could just feel the walls closing in because like literally I picked the weekend he gave me like four choices in August like their slow time and I uh, picked this weekend and like the weekend he's like you know if you would have picked the weekend like two weeks later he sends me a text he's like if you would have picked the weekend before uh, Chelsea Handler just took that weekend and I'm like fuck and I could just feel like it was like TJ Miller Chelsea Handler these people are doing Skyline there's no way I'm gonna keep my weekend yeah yeah for sure and so I was like basically I never was like oh it's gone but I was like there's a very good chance that I'm gonna lose this so I never got like emotionally attached to it I did use I was like hey can I headline your place because I think I'm gonna try to record an album in August uh, which isn't a complete lie. I probably would have tried to record something out there, but not a full album. Um, anyway, so that's kind of where the Spokane and Tacoma thing were born from, is uh, headlining those two places was like, I've <laughs> I've been fucked so many times by this, <laughs> this other club. I was scheduled to go to OKC and got bumped and moved around a couple times too. Again, it's like just being decent to deal with is very valuable. I think I fucked up with Adam when I first met him somehow. I don't think he likes me that much. What you call? Oh, or I'm not that funny. What's that? Well, yeah, I mean, it could never be that. It could never be that you're not that funny. Nah, it could be that. It's got to be some misunderstanding personality flaw. No, no, no. I, I could accept that if I wasn't funny enough. I'd be like, all right. No, I mean, I think, I think the thing, too, is... Like, I guess I never like hit him up by the veils or ever talked to him. Though. Yeah, but I mean, I think like I don't know. He's got a lot going on, man. He's got four clubs. Like, it's, I know, man. it's a, it's a. I know, but I never hit him up at all. I can't be like expecting him to just hit me up. I should probably like send him an email. Yeah, you don't think he's got a? He's got like. I should talk to Greg because yeah. I haven't talked to him in a couple months on his calendar. Dude, I need to edit that video I got and Spokane. That was a pretty good set. Oh, yeah, yeah I gotta send you some audio if you want it. Oh, cool, man. But yeah, I can meld those two. Yeah, you had a very good set there. Fucking put that in, like, oh, man, here's me at the club, pretty full, doing shit, you know, taking no, anything. No, doesn't that feel good to have fucking. The only thing that sucks now with the capacity is that there's nobody in the front row. Like, the first three rows are, like, gone right now. That's going away, I think, but. Then July? They go full capacity again. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that, that show we did had like 160, and it felt fucking awesome. 160 in a room that probably holds 350 still felt like fucking great. I don't think it holds 350. I think it holds like max 310. I've worked that club a lot. All right. And they shortened some seats out to make that green room and add a kitchen, so it might be even less than that now. But I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Jesus, you're a fucking architect. The new green room, that was the first time I saw the new green room. That's cool. Because I was, uh, I hadn't been booked there since we had our daughter. That's another place. Again, I was scheduled to fucking open for, I was going to bring my family out last August. Because, uh, who was I going to open for? I just stuck around. Spokane, like a year longer. You should have? Yeah. Did you move over, how long was the club there when you moved here? 
think it started in like 2016. I used to host there all the fucking time. I fucking featured for Phil there. I was and talking then I to moved, Luke, and then like I think I got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I was talking to yeah. Luke. Do you know what's so funny? I was talking to Luke Severide about this yesterday because he's he works for uh, is it Magnatech? Let's yeah. shout out his glass company. Yeah, yo, go get your chip windshield fixed at Magnatech. They do for Luke. They also do residential glass. Residential glass too. Uh, which I know because they're doing residential glass in my house. Um, so he was over at my house yesterday. We had talked for a little while. Uh, and I said, like, I think that everybody that lives there kind of thinks that if they work at that club, they could come work at the other clubs really easily. And, like, they would be at the same spot. And I think, I don't know if you thought that or not, but... You're going to have more of an in at least, you know what I mean? Right. Well, yeah, you yeah, might have. Yeah. You might have, though. You might have, like, if you had not been working at their club and had come over, maybe it would have taken even longer, right? For sure. I mean, it didn't take too long, like a year and a half. But it's like, like back on the what I was talking to him about it was like the you guys had, there's like not that many good comics over there because there's not that many people doing comedy. Thanks, bro. And so like the, the way that, I was like the way that New York looks at the Seattle comedy scene is the way that the Seattle comedy scene looks at Spokane, right? Where it's like, yeah, sure, you're a feature there, but are you... Yeah, you a feature them. here? For sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you, but you did, so you did, he, cause he thought that he's like, no, Greg's realistic. He would never, he would never, uh, have that experience. And I assumed that like, because I don't know, I don't know why I knew of you so well when I started comedy. I've always assumed that, uh, you were way better than you were. No, I've always, <laughs> no, 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 cause maybe it's just cause we like started at the same time, but we did and I didn't work the club, you know, I went there to do shit. Like open just, mics and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I tried to make my name in, <laughs> like a year before I moved out here, I tried to come over here as much as I can doing anything yeah. I could, right? That's smart. So, yeah, just get in, get to know everybody. That's why I worked everywhere, and I still pretty much work a lot of places, man. I get booked different people all the time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, like, kind of get get my name out here so people at least recognize me when I come over. Like, hey, yeah, I worked with you. You weren't that bad. Yeah. Give you a spot. That's how you got to do it, man. Yeah, I'm sure that I had some early comedy thing where I was like, this fucking guy's gonna come over and take our spots. <laughs> so funny. No, 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 and then man. you didn't. <laughs> For a while. No, that's, uh... I think that's also, like, an important thing to... I always think of it this way because this was uh, an experience that I had is... When I played baseball... I played, like, my team had a couple guys that played college ball. And they were, like, great. Like, they were the best players on our team. They won, like, all district or all, uh, whatever, all league awards and stuff like that. And I'm like, I wasn't as good as those guys. And those guys played college baseball, and none of them were good college baseball players. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they were like, so that means they were a long ways away from being pros, and then being a pro baseball player doesn't even make, mean you make it to the majors. You're still like in the minors. You might not get called up. Yeah. Even if you're in the majors, doesn't mean you can do shit in the majors. Right. You're a lame player. Nobody even knows about. So I'm like, I'm so, I was so much farther away from being a pro that I could appreciate at that time. Like in high school, right? I'm like, well, I'm not that much worse than this guy, who's starting and getting all all uh, league awards, but he's not good enough to even sniff like a ball you know what i mean 
So the I kind of think of that shit with comedy where I'm like, I'm a feature. I'm like a pretty good club feature in the like 13th biggest comedy scene in America that's also like it's like I'm playing in Japan basically in baseball terms because I'm not even playing against like everybody goes to LA or New York that's like American baseball I'm trying to do it from Japan which is <laughs> you know what I mean like it's yeah, yeah. so I never it's just it seems daunting a little bit but it's also like it's a little it's kind of valuable to have some perspective where you're like I'm doing fine you know like I feel like I'm like what's the next thing what's the next thing and part of it is just like yeah I can't wait to step into a slightly bigger stage or right. it and then like try to work my way up again <clears throat> but when I started in Spokane it took me whatever years to get to where I was at there I got right. here faster in Tacoma I think it'll go that way too once yeah. you step up the level of competition man but also, comedy is like, you know, subjective. You meet people. I've met a lot of New York comics. A lot of comics from all over the place, man. It's not like they're murdering it way harder than everybody else do. Yeah, well, that is also good when yeah. you meet someone from New York and you're like, oh, you're not better than me. Like, we're on the same level or you're actually worse than me, but you just, like, made this irresponsible <laughs> jump to New York. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying. Like, There's yeah, a guy here, bro. man, that when I started, he was like... I just only ever saw him bomb, but he was, like, respected because he'd been doing, you know, whatever, like, the... I started with this dude named Aaron Kirby, who you probably I know, know, I, I know, know or know of. of. Yeah, yeah, I know of Aaron Kirby. He, uh... He was maybe, like, a four- or five-year comic at that point. And... Um... We, we were, like, friends at a podcast together. <clears throat> he, there, he was friends with this guy that I... I I think still does comedy, but I remember, like, he had been, like, he had worked at every club, and then, like, none of them booked him anymore, I don't know if he was banned or what, and so he moved to New York, and it was, like, I just remember going, like, back then, going, like, what does he think he's gonna get there that's not here, and then, like, I've been right, like, he hasn't done, I don't even know, I haven't seen him on a poster in two years. Yeah, he yeah. might not be doing comedy anymore. Might be the answer. You might tell me the guy eventually. Probably, yeah, I know. Him. I I bet you you won't know who he is, but yeah. but maybe because there aren't guys that have come from here there and have like done great. Like Wilfred Padua went and won the yeah, yeah. the fucking Boston, Boston Comedy Festival. Yeah, or Wilfred's a beast, though, man. Yeah, Wilfred's a great comic. Yeah. Now there's some funny ass comics in Seattle. I'm not gonna or in this area for sure. There's some good comics, man. One thing about Wilfred that I think people should watch and learn from is that that dude is never, he's not trying to record an album. He's like just trying to do like good on stage all the time. Man, that's all I feel, that's all I want to do is just good on stage. Yeah. So I don't have podcasts, I'm not always dropping content and shit. You're like, no, you need to do that more. It's like, I fucking hate doing that shit. Yeah. So much. That's because I have low self esteem, but like. Yeah, I mean, that's... Is it low self-esteem or is it high self-esteem to be like, this is the thing that I'm good at, and I'm going to just do that and be good at that? Like, what? Yeah, I mean, I guess. But, like, the only reason I don't put it out is like, man, who the fuck wants to see me try to be funny, like, not on stage where I want to be funny? Yeah. I got to be funny all the damn time. I'd rather do, like, a fitness fucking podcast. There's another comic in the area that I've seen do, like, a TikTok. He just does, like, a bunch of... Got this, by the way. 
there's going to be like, if they listen to this, there's like 50 people this applies to, but I'm only thinking of one person. <laughs> Where on TikTok, they do like a bunch of fucking trends. That's all they do is just like trends. Okay. It's like, oh, here's a dance thing. And then they're like, I don't know why this won't blow up. Like in the comments, someone's like, he's like, well, one of these is going to blow up eventually. And I'm like, is that what you want? You want to be the comic that got famous off of doing a dance trend? You know what I mean? Like the, you think those people are going to be good stand-up audience members? That's why I decided, you know, I know you probably don't have TikTok, but. I do have TikTok. I just don't post anything. Oh, okay. Well, I have I just, ideas for it. Like I want to do like a video about like disaster movies and how it's like one diabetic and fair in each one of the disaster movies. Oh, and every funny. time you just end up dead on the road. And that's it. It's just me cutting me dead on the, the that's road. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like that's a funny sketch idea too. That you don't have to limit to. I mean, you can do a bunch of them on TikTok. For sure. What it, I, the other thing people do on there that I think is smart is they do, they just take like parts of sketches, and put them up there. Like, do you know who Ryan Long is? No. He's a New York comic that's from Toronto, and he does like you might have seen some of his uh, sketches actually. He did that. Um, oh, fuck, I do a lot of sketches. Racist versus woke people, and then it's like they yeah, they same people. Yeah, that's so that's yeah. him. He's the guy okay. with the really bad hair and the. That's funny. He he. Uh, but so on TikTok, he'll just put up like a chunk of a sketch, and that's like that's fine. You it doesn't have to be like content made specifically for TikTok. I've put a bunch of stand up up there. I've shit that's got like three hundred fifty thousand views. It's yeah. easily the most followers I have on a platform. No, but this is so whatever, man. Like, you just scroll through TikTok. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's some of that. Yeah, it's, just, it's crazy. But, um, yeah, man. You just do, I used to be part of the sketch group. We do all kinds of weird shit, but I got tons of sketches out there. You should put them on your fucking TikTok. Yeah. Especially because you're not doing anything with them now, right? Right. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, oh, that reminds me. I gotta. There's this guy. We're driving through. Uh, we just recently drove through Chehalis. And there's this guy in Chehalis that I know that's a big, big camera guy. I'm not like a... I have a lot of shit of, like, equipment, but I don't... I'm not like a... The thing that stops me is I don't want to make, like, a bad sketch because I don't know how to fucking direct. Right, right. You know what I mean? Or I don't know how to fucking... They may got a shot. What does that say? What will you... What will the next move on? Chimera. Razor wire. Oh, this is from a different site. in the U.S. kids. I don't know. idea. That's it. Uh, we just passed. That's where we cut back into the podcast. Okay. We just passed the <laughs> the racist billboard that had something about the Wuhan virus on one side. There's a there's a famous racist billboard on uh, I five that like whoever has it never sells the space. They just put like very Republican messages on it. It's got like an Uncle Sam. Oh yeah, Uncle Sam. What, what's what's gonna happen? Come out of Wuhan next. I think that's what it said. Then it said something else. Then the other side, something about U.S. kids being held in like razor wire cages, yeah. which was uh, ironic that they would say that. It is crazy. I will say this: that now that we've broached the politics topic, thanks to the Uncle Sam billboard on I Five South, um, it is crazy to me that we were like, "No kids in cages. That is inhumane." We shouldn't. That's completely unacceptable. One kid in a cage is too many. And then Biden got into office, and the amount of kids in cages tripled. And the media doesn't report shit. Did it triple? Yes. There Damn. are three times as many kids in cages now. I that's mean, fine. you know what? 
this is the thing though is people what they'll do is they'll go oh it's like you know it's slightly different because these cages have the bars are only every six inches instead of every three you know everybody's got to fucking twist their their morality to match their agenda but I mean, and I don't even know if that's what the difference is, but, or if there is a difference. It's just like the reporting is so fucking biased, obviously. Even though I agree with their, I mostly agree with their agenda, I think it's like it makes you look dishonest as a I hate that news has an agenda, man. Just fucking say what happened and then move on with your day. Hey, this happened today. You feel how you want to feel about it. We're not going to... Yeah, I think that it probably like, always on, did, though. We just didn't yeah. have as oh, many problems. Probably like a lean on it and shit. We, we got to veer away from this topic because this is what led us down it led us astray. The, the <laughs> last Kevin just being quiet as fuck in the background. Yeah, Kevin was... He, Kevin has uh, talked just as much this trip as though. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh, man. God damn it. That's so funny. It's fucking... Kevin. That stinks though, man. I, I especially think like comics in a fucking car on the way to a show should be able to have like real conversations. That's the thing that bugs me is the like everybody censors themselves or represents an opinion that either is like uh, it's uninformed but it's like acceptable. You know what I mean? Or it's uh, it's well informed but like very obviously a lie. Like, Apple doesn't care about pride, okay? <laughs> well, how many uh, companies have they proven that with? It's like, yo, here's their logo on, like, all these countries, all, except for these countries right here. Right, right. Saudi Arabia, all these others. Like, they definitely don't have the flag on that shit. Yeah. Well, also, though, I kind of am on the side of, like, if... who, Or they'll be like, this, they did this, but they didn't donate money. And it's like, okay, so you would rather they didn't do anything? Like, it's got to be... Some of that shit, just like normalizing and vocalizing support, has to be good. Even if, yeah, for sure, Apple is like a capitalist company that's trying to make money. Or is it, is it your insulin again? No, no. So what do I do with that mask? Dude, I think the place we're going is not going to be a mask-wearing place. No, I'm not worried about it because I'm vaxxed up. And the CDC says I don't have to. I just wear right. it to be polite. One, one less thing to make white people uncomfortable. I know. Man, I felt that way, like, in Idaho when I was oh, doing yeah. the honey. I was like, man, I'm more worried that I'm wearing a mask <laughs> than being black. And that's I, hilarious. Like, that's so fucking weird. <clears throat> I oh. do like that joke of yours also, by the way. The, uh, I think you open with it, don't you? Which one? The one about being in the Starbucks playing the white lady. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I fucking wrote, like, I just thought about that. I was listening to some bullshit. About how crazy racism is. Like, yeah, sometimes you feel racist against yourself. I'm like, how fucking nuts would that be? And then, uh, yeah, so I just thought about that all the way to the club that night. Did it, and it worked. So that, but that's that joke you've had for a long time. Yeah, right? I've had it. But when I came up with it, gotcha, going yeah. to like an open mic one night. I'm like, what should I do, man? That's the shortest time I've had between the event happening and a joke. And I, I'll never be able to recapture this again. But there was this very bad open mic at a coffee shop in Tacoma that was like so close to my house. It was so close and so easy to get on that I could never justify not doing it. What was it called? It was a B Sharp. It was run by Cameron Mitch and Jess Everett. And I love them, uh, but it was like always, 
they do like weird theme shows like Papa Don't Preach and shit. Cause I feel like one of the first Tacoma show, like when I just came over here, was one of their shows. Yeah, I'm sure. I did. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah, they definitely did some theme shit. But when they would do the open mic, it would be like two audience members and everyone else's comics, and the the owner of the coffee shop is just like trying to stay afloat in this like bad location and he's watching like edgelord comics actively turn customers away oh yeah was that like a is that on stadium no like, was it off, it's like kind of very close club. to stadium way yeah, yeah, yeah it's very close to the club yeah i know what you're talking about i've been there for sure um so anyway i took my wife to the doctor because she was having like a problem with her ear it's a, I have a bit about it. It's, a, it's still a bit of mine, that ear infection joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that night, I, I like, wrote it on the way. I literally was, like, coming from the doctor, and I was like, hey, can I do the open mic tonight? As I'm leaving the doctor, and it was that. Like, there, I've never had a shorter time between experience and taking it to stage on, like, a joke that works really well. You know, like, I'll write some stuff sometimes about, like, a city. Yeah, yeah. But, but like... Um, yeah, and it was, like, the, the thing that made it, like, the most... It had, there was, like, tension around it because I was, like, hey, I don't think I can do the open mic because i got to take my wife to the doctor. And then, like, I didn't say why. I wasn't, you know, whatever. I didn't say, like, what the thing was. And then I was, like, hey, can I do the open mic, actually? And then I came on, and I did the exact same thing I did. I go, hey, I don't want to bring the mood down. And they're, like... It's like I think what they thought is like the next Tignataro breast cancer set was coming. Like oh Jesus! <laughs> did you have you ever heard that story? No. She no. Well, the day she got diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, she did a set at like the Hollywood Improv or something, and Louis C.K. was recording. He had his phone already recording for his set. Okay. And she did like thirty-five minutes about like off the cuff, no written stuff. And he just had it recorded because his phone was already running. And so he, made, he like, released it for her as an album. It's called uh, Tignataro Live. Look, it looks like Tignataro Live, but it's Tignataro Live. Anyway, that, it's like they thought I was going to come in and do this, like... And so there was, like, a lot of tension, and I was like, my wife recently got diagnosed with... Or, you know, tonight, just tonight, my wife, or my wife got diagnosed with an ear infection, and it, like, it was, like, a great lesson in like build tension to releasing the tension is like a good recipe for a pretty big pop because I watched Cameron Mitch was like the one person who would carry her laugh would like carry your ego through a bad set there because <laughs> <clears throat> there were no good sets there there were no good sets uh. but she was like you know engaged and would listen and she's like a you know sophisticated comedy mind and, uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say the, in our, in our intermission, I was going to say the name of the comic that was embarrassing on TikTok and I forgot to, but I will still say it later. What are we at? We got hour 15 until we get there. I know, man. It's ridiculous, dude. Oh, speaking of racism, I don't know why. That's one of these jokes I wanted to do that I could never know where to put it in. Like, I'm tired of, like, uh, just 
the regular races that we know, like in America, it's just like, oh, white people versus everybody. It's like, yeah, there's other racist places, like, yeah, like India, Pakistan, right? Like yeah. when I was a kid, I had an Indian friend, and he would talk shit about Pakistanis, right? There's like slurs and stuff. You yeah. know, like I was learning, like, you know, become a worldly and shit. Like, oh, being cultured, I'm learning different slurs for people. And, uh, you know, and then later on in my life, I, I had a Pakistani friend who would talk shit about Indian people, learn those slurs and stuff. It's like, all right, this is ridiculous. But the funny thing was, like, they both make fun of each other's accents. And then when they did it, it's like, I felt racist because I didn't know, like, which one was being which. I was like, you guys sound the same. What are you talking about? That's hilarious. Yeah. So, I don't know where to put that shit in. Yeah, that's, I have this, like, concept for a joke, which is, every now and then, in a rare golden moment, you'll hear somebody talking about being in Africa, and they call an African person an African-American because they... <laughs> Because they just, they're so programmed to say, like, the thing that, you know. Or I've, or when you're like, I think a lot of people view the country of China as a country full of minorities. Which is, it's not. Obviously, like, that country's like 90 plus percent Chinese. Yeah. Chinese people are not the minority there. But also, it's the largest population on Earth. You know, like. Yeah, it's all about India. Right. Right. I watched a documentary about Nigerians in China. I'm like, fuck China's racist. Yeah, well, that's the that's the thing about the United States that we don't uh, we don't say is like we're not even the best at racism. There's like a lot of in France. Boy, we might be really getting into the exact things we talked about last time. <laughs> in France, you are not allowed as a Muslim woman to wear a hijab. Like, that's it. Not allowed to do it. Yeah, when did they start that though? That's like recent, right? In like I don't know the last ten years. Yeah, they had like a bunch of like just crazy like ISIS attacks, right? They had a crazy. It's, it's called the Paris attack. They had one crazy attack. No, I thought it was like all over the the country, like the city. That was like there was, but it was, it was like, like a day. Yeah, it was a day. We were like, yo. I'm and then there saying. was there was the Charlie Hebdo thing also, yeah. but I don't think those were Muslim women in hijabs doing that. No, definitely not. Uh, but also, it's like, it's a. Uh, but the ultimate thing is like that. If that even got proposed here, because we think of that's the shit to me that bugs me is like the the you always think of the ignorant person who never leaves their own state as being like, oh, that's an ignorant person, Republican. But there's the same amount of ignorant people that are Democrats that have the the same like insulation from the rest of the world so like I've, I haven't been to France but I can fucking turn on a TV or read a newspaper and go like oh shit is, that is racist is happening there also you know what I mean like, yeah 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 no I got you there's a uh, it's all over the place man right like, uh, well, you got Mexico with uh, Guatemalans dude Salvadorians yeah, also yeah, they just like what are you fucking it's weird well Even that's that's in, the shit like, that white countries what was it uh, like Norway Austria, Austria, Switzerland, man. The Swiss are considered like beneath, right? Norwegians for some reason. Well, and like, it's funny because like I th I've thought of this as a joke, but I don't think that this is like. I mean, it's on a podcast, an hour and a half in. If if they've made it this far, they deserve this. But it, but the joke that I've always thought of is the day that I found out that Japanese people hate Koreans and Koreans people hate Japanese people. It was like a big landmark day because in America those people 
Japanese people and Koreans, we just consider them Chinese. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta laugh louder so that the, the fucking uh, the picks up on the microphone. Out loud, but that was pretty funny, man. I did chuckle with it. He's considering Chinese. I like, yeah, I, I mean, love uh, jokes like that, dude. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like, I just think it's like we are so. It's American, uh, what do we call it? American exceptionalism? Yeah. This is for sure, like, we're really replaying the, the, the lost podcast. Kind of. We didn't get in some other weeds. True. Yeah, let's not go there. Yeah, not today. I do think I do think those are like worthwhile topics uh, yeah, that we talked uh, about. America's not even number one in racism. Like we don't do shit good, man. Yeah. It's. I mean, We're like number one and not coming in number one at the end. That's it. I think we're number one in GDP. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Oh, how though? It's just because. I mean, how wouldn't it be? What do we manufacture here? Uh, well, first off, we resell a bunch of stuff that China manufactures and then sells to us for free. Yeah, I guess. Uh, we also, I mean, the the revenue, like, again, the manufacturing of computers happens overseas, but the revenue, the largest part of the revenue happens here. Cars. A lot of cars. We also have more cars here than everywhere else, I think, per capita. Guns. Yeah. <laughs> We have a lot of weapons. We do specialize in weapons of war, that's for sure, man. Yeah. Private prisons, dude. Planes. I mean, really, most of the world's planes come from here, I believe. What do you think? Should we piss at that rest area? If you want to, I'm going to smash this truly pineapple since I didn't bring any weed. All right. You could have brought weed. I know. I should have brought weed. I was thinking about it. Like, we're still in Washington, man. I might grab some of my shoes. I don't know what kind of place we'll shoot with. I think it might be the kind of place that's like, yeah, weed's legal, but not here. Yeah. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Michael Black Evans Jr. is from fucking Washougal, Washington. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, I just have a feeling he's always talking about Washougal and being close to Portland and Vancouver. All right. Well, I think we're going to call this a podcast so we can speak freely. Cool. Because we're resting. I, I want to talk so much shit. All right.